0: Podcast Answer Man, episode number 413. Entertaining,
1: educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, everyone. This is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. And if you're looking to ignite the podcasting world, then you're in the right place. For Cliff Ravenscraft is the podcast answer man.
0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in, or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right. And today, my friends, I am going to be devoting most of this episode to taking one particular aspect of our lives to the next level. If I can convince nearly every single one of you to take this area to the next level, I will feel really great about what I've accomplished in 2015. Now, today's topic has nothing to do with health and fitness, but has everything to do with something that I am certainly taking more seriously these days. And and I've spent the last two days of my life pretty much taking care of this one aspect. What is this aspect? Online security. How secure is your email account? How secure are your social media outlets? These online communities that you have been building over the last several months or several years for many of you, thousands of people following you on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. What would happen if all of a sudden you lost your access to all of those accounts and you could not get in? Have you given any thought to that? Today, we're going to talk about that particular topic and some things that you can do, You know, basically some steps that you can follow, some tips, some advice that I can give to you that has been handed down to me from some wonderful folks. And uh, we'll give All of that information here in just a few moments. But before I do, I just want to say I'm looking forward to seeing many of you this weekend in Fort Worth, Texas. That's right. I'm sure pretty much everybody hearing my voice right now knows that uh, this weekend, Friday, what is it? Friday, July 31st, all the way through Sunday, August 2nd is going to be the podcast movement conference. So if you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area or you're willing to travel there, this weekend there are literally going to be hundreds. If I I don't even know. L- last year I think there was about 500 to 600 podcasters who showed up for the very first event and my guess just Based upon what I'm hearing and, and the pulse that I'm getting from the community and, and especially the Podcast Answer Man community, I wouldn't be surprised if they blow past 1,000 attendees at Podcast Movement. I will be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I look forward to seeing most of you there at Podcast Movement. If you haven't signed up for a ticket already, I do have a special affiliate link that you can use to sign up if you want to. Uh it's podcastanswerman.com slash podcast movement. If you just type that into your browser, it'll take you right to their registration page. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash podcast movement. And if you use the promo code GSPN, that stands for the generally speaking production network, again, promo code GSPN will save you 10% off of your registration. Now, of course, I realize this may be late notice for some folks who are maybe just tuning in and you can't make it to that, or perhaps there are several of you, in fact, I know there's a couple hundred of you who do not live inside of the United States and you keep hearing about social media marketing world, you've heard about the platform conferences, the SCORE conference, you've been hearing about New Media Expo and podcast movement and all these other things. But you're, you don't live in the United States. Maybe you live in Europe, and, and it's just maybe been too much for you to, as far as a cost, uh, to, to get over to the United States and attend a, a big event like this. Well, I just want to remind you guys that New Media Europe is coming up. It's coming up on September 12th and 13th in Manchester of the U.K., and my wife and I just got back from a two-week family vacation where we traveled through the United Kingdom and also through Paris and and the Netherlands. We had an amazing time. And In fact, this conference, New Media Europe, is being hosted by Mike and Isabella Russell, great friends of mine from Music Radio Creative. I have no doubt that this is going to be an amazing event that You just do not want to miss out. If you are anywhere in the United Kingdom or anywhere in Europe, anyway, Manchester, UK, I'm doing the opening keynote address. My friend Chris Ducker, he's going to be doing the closing keynote address, and I've looked at the other speakers. You can head over to podcastanswerman.com slash Europe. Again, that's a an affiliate link that if you use to sign up, I'll, I'll get a commission on. But anyway, you go over to podcastanswerman.com slash Europe, and you'll see a list of all the other speakers there, and it's just gonna be an amazing event. And I'm, I've am i already met so many uh, amazing European podcasters as a result of Mike and Isabella introducing me to a bunch of great folks at the Isle of Wight meetup that they had, uh, and, and that was amazing. I'm looking forward to meeting many more of you. I know that several of you have reached out to me and told me that you're coming to New Media Europe. If you are coming to New Media Europe and you have not told me yet, Please email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com and let me know that you're going to be there and I look forward to the opportunity to finally meet you face to face. So looking forward to that. Oh, and by the way, I uh, do have a discount code for New Media Europe as well. If you haven't already signed up, go to podcastanswerman.com slash Europe. You can save 100 pounds off the cost of the event by using the discount code PAM for Podcast Answerman. Again, use the promo code P-A-M at checkout to save 100 pounds off of the cost of New Media Europe. All right, let's talk about a topic that, to be honest with you, I'm not all that excited about talking about for many reasons. One is just, it, it's a hassle to talk about security. Security is, in you know, to be secure online is a hassle. It is inconvenient. It is not something that you really give a lot of thought to. However, this topic has been heavy on my heart and it's it's been uh, weighing heavily in my mind as a result of some recent conversations that's happened as a result of my Green Room Mastermind group. My friend Michael Stelzner from Social Media Examiner came to our group and in his hot seat presentation, he says, guys, I've come up with a topic that I wanted to share with you guys that I think is pretty important and everybody in our group pretty much decided, you know what, we probably haven't gone through and really protected ourselves the way that we could based upon the information that Michael Stelsner had shared. And basically what Michael had done is he came to us and he says, have you heard about what's happened with Shailene Johnson? Now, Shailene Johnson is a very popular podcaster. Uh, she has a great podcast called The Shailene Show. And I think she also has another show about building your tribe. But anyway, She's also been an amazing online social media consultant and I believe she had an Instagram account with over 400,000 Instagram followers. And of course, her Instagram account and communicating with that community as well as through Twitter and Facebook and other online accounts, social media accounts, that is her bread and butter. It's her business. It's what she does. And one day, She actually was ending her day, and after posting a a very cool message that was just chill and mellow saying, hey, what a wonderful, relaxing, awesome day this has been, I'm ready to just kick back and relax. And she wanted to see how that, she was getting ready to set her her mobile device down, and she was getting ready to just sit back and relax for the day, and she decided to see if that, you know, the way that she communicated that, did it resonate with anyone, and all of a sudden, she refreshed Twitter, and all of a sudden, she got these started to get notifications that said, hey, did you see your Instagram account? It looks like you've been hacked. And if she talks about this in her podcast. By the way, I encourage you, if you want to hear even more detail about Shailene's story, I've been listening to a five-part series that she's been doing on her podcast called The Shailene Show. Again, that's C-H-A-L-E-N-E. The Shailene Show by Shailene Johnson, and specifically, she doesn't title, she doesn't like number her episodes as far as I can tell. However, I can tell you that uh, the title of the episode says Part One, Part Two, Part Three, Part Four, Part Five. So you'll be able to see those right out of the gate as soon as you see the feed in your applica- your podcast app, and you're looking specifically for the podcast episodes, the five podcast episodes that are published, and it has the dates of June 9th through June 19th. And I encourage you to start with part one and work your way through part five. I'm actually on the middle of part three right now, but still, I was, after hearing the conversation from Michael Stelzner and then listening to this, only half of this information from Shailene, I was convinced that I just needed to stop, you know, what I was doing. I didn't want to pass go. I need to take care of some of these things. Now, um, continuing on, just to tell you a little bit about Shailene, just in case you're not interested in going and listening to the whole five-part series, which I do recommend that you consider, but uh, the whole story is that she had over 400,000 Instagram followers and somebody was able to use, through social engineering, they were able to find a way to get into her Instagram account. Now, online security with Instagram is atrocious, basically... If you go to Instagram, you can always click that little link that says forgot password, click here, right? Well, anyway, you click that and all of a sudden it says, hey, no problem at all, we see that you've forgotten your password, we're sending you a link, a confirmation link for you to to your email address and if you just check that, click on the link, you can reset your password there. Well, the hackers that had decided to do this who were trying to gain access to our Instagram account, Clicked through and found discovered what email address that she was using. Let's just, I don't know the particular details, but let's just assume she's using a Google email address. Okay. Well, you go to Google and you type in mail.google.com and you type in your email address and click the little link that says forgot password. And then all of a sudden it gives you an option to reset it. Oftentimes they'll ask, you know, security information like, What's your mother's maiden name? What was the first model of the car that you owned? What is your favorite movie? All of these different little security questions. I'm sure you have signed up for services and you've been forced to answer those at least once or twice in your lifetime. And many more services have these security questions as an optional field that you can fill out to regain access. Now, in Shailene's case, as well as many other people's case, guess what? That information about your favorite movie and what was your first car and, and the name of your first pet and what street did you live on as a child, that information is very easily found online if you are determined that you want to get that information. And there are a couple of ways to get that. Let's just say one of the security questions is your mother's maiden name. Well, you don't have to go too far to find online public records to find a birth certificate and then just to read your mother's maiden name. What Some of the times the security question, is, what is your father's middle name? Right there on your birth certificate. And that is public record. And not only that, but there have been in the past on Facebook, you've probably seen an opportunity for you to answer 20 things that most people don't know about me. And what it does is it somebody has sent this to you or sent, shared it on your wall and say, or they shared it on their wall. Uh, or, what, gosh, do you remember when we used to call it our Facebook wall? Anyway, it, uh, on their profile, they would answer this post and they would have list these 20 questions. And these these questions are very much like those security questions. And they would give their answers to it. And then all of a sudden, they would encourage you to copy these questions and answer it for yourself and tag your friends in it. Total Facebook tag spam. I always hated those things when I saw them. And people never really gave much thought to it. But what they're doing is they're building this online database of people's security questions. And some of that was orchestrated by people who are hackers, who are social engineering. They're, they're actually trying to get people to divulge all this private information. And a lot of times this information can be used to reset access to your email account or your Apple ID or whatever they wanna try to get into. And well, in Shailene's case, they not only were able to reset her access into Instagram, but they were also able to find enough information to get through the security reset information to reset her email account as well. And once they had access to her email account, they then had access to everything. But from what I understand is that there are organizations or companies out there, shady organizations that actually sell this kind of information. So you could actually go and pay as little as $9 to get to pay for what's called an information sheet. And basically, it's just this whole collective of online big data. I'm sure you've heard this terminology, right? this online big data, and everything that you're sharing online sometimes is getting migrated in an, an online profile for you. And so public records, they'll search for and, and kind of match it up with your name and anything you've posted in these Facebook posts and in other areas. And of course, maybe you've signed up for some other third-party services. Do you guys remember the services like Plurk and Friendster and MySpace and... And, you know, certainly those are things that you've you've probably created an account for in the past. And those probably are reputable enough that maybe they didn't sell your information, the the security information that you filled out. But there have been a large number of just little third party things, just little online applications, little software applications, whatever the case that may be. All of these little places and maybe over the course of the last 10 or 15 or even 20 years. Where somebody, you've signed up for an account and it asks you all of those little security questions. And what happens is a lot of those things are free and and seem to be like, I wonder how these people make money. I don't care as long as it's free, right? And you just give out your information to these folks. And a lot of those places have zero integrity and they actually sell this information to those companies that collect it and then sell it to people who want it. So there's this entire online community commerce system of selling your private data to anybody who wants it with this much private data that's out there unfortunately for a majority of people it's very easy for them to gain access to your twitter account your instagram your and and the most important thing and and i'm going to harp on this one the biggest your email account is susceptible if you are not doing at least a few things to make yourself less susceptible and the reality is even the strictest of things that I'm going to tell you it's still not a guarantee that people can't hack into your account and get through but I'm going to share with you some things that I've done recently that have helped me that I believe will also help you number one I'm going to give you some security tips here my number one tip is to consider it your number one priority to secure your email account. If you don't do anything else today other than make your email account more secure than it is right now, then then you have at least taken a step in the right direction. Trust me, your email account is your number one priority. You must secure it. And I think with the other security tips that I'm about ready to share with you, it's going to make it more secure. So the second tip that I have for you is never use the same password on more than one service anywhere on the Internet. Now, back in the early days of the Internet, I was notorious for this. I would have a really good, super secure, hard to guess password, and I used it everywhere. I'm not proud of that. Uh, it certainly is not the case today, but I—I I don't know. My guess is that there is a small percentage of you, and and I know there's probably one or two of you. You're probably thinking, "Oh my gosh, he's talking to me," and maybe you are still doing this. Maybe you still have had this practice. You've you've thought about it over the years that maybe I really should do something to make this a little bit secure. But the reality is, is if one online service out there is compromised and they can then download all the username and passwords from that one online service. They have algorithms and computer software that then actually goes in and tries to use that email address and that password on all the other online services out there. And if they, basically what they'll do is they will sell all of the access to those accounts that will work to someone else. So definitely do not use the same password on any more than one service on the internet. Also, when you're creating passwords, try to make them as cryptic as possible. If it allows you to use a capital letter, lowercase letter, alphanumeric numbers, you want to use uh, exclamation marks and question marks and percent signs, all of that stuff, whatever it's going to allow you to do, go as crazy as you can, and also, if it's eight characters is the maximum, then use all eight characters. If it's 30 characters is the maximum, then make your password 30 characters long, and you're thinking exactly what I was thinking, right? You're thinking, but Cliff, there's no way I'm ever going to remember those and I, I need to access these things from multiple different computers and, and all of this stuff. And that's why I'm going to tell you about my third recommendation. And that is forget about trying to memorize all of your passwords. In fact, make it a goal that you never know any of your passwords by heart except for one single password. And that password is going to be the one password that you use to gain access to a secure password management system. Now, the thing is, is that there is a software service out there, it's called 1Password, and I hear a lot of praise for 1Password. I've never used 1Password myself, and I, from what I hear about it, I really think it sounds great. Uh, again, some, I can't give you any personal recommendation because I've not used it, but from what I hear, it's great, and it doesn't actually keep your passwords online anywhere on the servers but uh, it is, is all locally, it's encrypted and all that other stuff, and, it, and it's supposedly a, an, a wonderful solution. Now, personally, I use a service called LastPass. You can find it at lastpass.com. Now, one of my great friends, Ray Edwards, recently shared his notes from this conversation that we had in our mastermind group with another group of people that we're connected to closely. And one of the things that he said in his is like, listen, if you have a LastPass account, you're going to want to completely cancel that account. Make sure that you request that they delete all records of anything that they had on record for you from their system and you wanna move over to one of these other services that are available because they were recently compromised. Well, if you actually go to lastpass.com, they were very open about the recent unauthorized access to their systems and where hackers did try to get in. And the only thing that they were able to get into, from what I understand and read on there, is that they got your password hint, all right? So if you actually use a password hint, in your LastPass system, and that's something that is going to make it very easy for somebody else to kind of guess your master password to LastPass, then basically LastPass says, listen, you want to get in there and you want to change your master password. We just recommend that for all users, but no information as far as your stored passwords and secure notes and all that stuff, none of that was compromised, nothing whatsoever. And so there's nothing to worry about there. Now, the reality is, is that some of you are probably thinking that's why I haven't done any of this stuff. This is why I still use my crude method. I know that I'm vulnerable, but thank goodness nothing's happened to me yet. Well, my friends, let me just encourage you to get rid of that mindset. You have to do some of these things. And I do highly recommend that if if you don't want LastPass.com, then certainly you don't have to do it. I still feel very secure with LastPass myself. But 1Password is another one. And, of course, there are lots of other password management software tools out there. And my third recommendation is to find some kind of secure password management system so that when you go to log in on a website, it basically will pre-fill your username and password for you. The only thing you have to do is type in your master password for that particular piece of software. And all of these things have applications for your smartphone where you can type in your master password and look up a service and it will tell you what your username and password is because obviously we're recommending that you have pretty cryptic passwords, right? And if you don't wanna type them in, you can actually click a little button and it'll copy it for you and you can paste it in. And LastPass even has a little browser of its own so that it browses to those sites for you. The next thing that I wanna talk about, tip number four, is security questions. These questions that I was talking about, what's your mother's maiden name? How many times? What, What is your date of birth, right? If they don't, there's no reason why you have to answer any of these honestly. Now obviously, you know, with maybe the social security administration and and some federal government things, you'll probably want to answer those correctly. But anybody else, if it's not something that's a legal entity, then why would you even consider giving them all of those honest answers? So for example, What is your best friend's nickname? Do Bubba Fett or Yoda come up with something crazy. Uh, What's your favorite movie? You could actually put the name of a band, Led Zeppelin, and you don't have to actually name a movie. You can can name something else. What was the model of your first car that you ever owned? You could put stapler. I mean, just make up fake answers to these things and actually... Don't use the same fake answers on different services. In fact, come up with a unique and crazy answer for each security question. And then what you want to do is you want to keep a secure document with the answers to those in a safe location. I've had some friends who have recommended that you create a secure note inside of your password management software. And I recommend that you keep your security question answers, you know, this the answers to your security questions for each individual service away from your passwords. I consider your password management software is to remember two things only, your username and your current password for that service. You don't want to have anything else in there. You don't want to have anything where if somebody did get my last pass account, right? I don't want them to have my security questions to reset and hopefully, and I'm going to tell you how, even though they may have my password, and my username, they're not going to be able to log in to change anything if there's some other things that you've been able to do and accomplish. We're going to get to that next. But the, the big thing here is don't answer your security questions honestly and come up with unique and crazy answers, the different answers for every service, and keep those in a separate document. You want to type these up and print it out and just put it away, and I would not even keep that anywhere in digital form, anywhere on your computer, all right? And also, there's gonna be something else that we're gonna tell you to put on that document, but tip number four is all about security questions, and it includes all of that that I've just shared with you. The next tip that I wanna tell you about is using something called two-factor authentication. Now, what does this mean? Typically, most services, by default, have one-factor authentication. Here's the deal. One factor authentication is, okay, you go to the site and click login, you type in your username, you type in your password. As long as you have your password, it authenticates you. that That's all they need. You type in the password, it's like, yep, you you pass, come on in. Gain access to your email, gain access to all of every bit of communication you've had for the last 5, 10, 20, 30 years. It's all yours. All you need is your password and you now have access. Two-factor authentication, as you might suspect, has an additional factor of authentication. They want to know something else. With two-factor, it's something that you know and then something that you have. Something that you know and then something that you have. So what do you know? You know your password. And then what do you have? You have some sort of device on your physical being that will then allow you to say, this is who I am. And that device is going to generate a code for you, typically a six-digit code. And so what happens is if you go and, for example, on Facebook, I go in and I type in my email address, I type in my password, and I click Log In. And because I have two-factor authentication, it then says, hey, I see that you're trying to log in. We just sent you a text message to your mobile device and we need you to enter the six-digit code that was just texted to you in the box below. And then I I have my phone in my hand, the one thing I have with me, and I look at my notification, it pops up, and it's like, your authentication code is, and it shows me the six-digit code. And I take that off from my phone, and I type it in, and I click OK. And then... It says, okay, we now know that you, you're in possession of your cell phone because that's the only way you would have just gotten that text message that we just sent you. Now, we've actually authenticated that you know something, which is your password, and we've authenticated that you have the device that was used uh, to, to send this code. Now, you might be thinking, well, gosh, if, if I do this, I'm gonna have to do that every single time. I'm gonna have to have my phone close by every single time that I log into Facebook. Well, not necessarily. Facebook and many other services, they you can actually have what's called trusted devices and trusted browsers. So if you're always logging in from your personal home computer and you feel confident that nobody else has access to it, then you can actually set that up to where it's a trusted browser. And basically, it will only ask you to do the security code. It'll only send you the text message when you log in once every 30 days. So that is what two-factor authentication is. Let me just tell you some of the big services out there that do support two-factor authentication. Your Google account, and this is Google Calendar, Google Email, this is Google Docs, this is Google everything. If you have a Gmail account, a Google Apps account, whatever, if you have anything related to Google whatsoever, go in today and turn on two-factor authentication. It is not that difficult to do, just do a Google search. Set up two-factor authentication on Google Mail. Just do that search and you'll find instantly how to do it. It's very, very easy to set up. If you happen to have a PayPal account, I highly encourage you to set up two-factor authentication. That way you go to log in with your username and password and then it sends you a text message. And yes, you have to type in that code every single time. Last pass. Even if you had my master password, you still have to have an additional code to be able to get in. Facebook, Evernote, think about all the stuff that you're putting into your Evernote account. Do you have two-factor authentication set up for that? Dropbox, think about all the documents that you're sharing and you're putting into your Dropbox account. Are you doing everything you can? And at least one step is to set up two-factor authentication. What about your Apple ID? Apple even has two-factor authentication. Your Twitter account has two-factor authentication. In fact, there is a website out there and it's twofactorauth.org. That's two, T-W-O, factor, A-U-T-H for authorization. So 2 twofactorauth.org. And it will actually show you a list of various types of online services and accounts that offer two-factor authentication. You'll find out that, for and Shailene will tell you, that Instagram, even though it's owned by Facebook, does not yet support two-factor authentication. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But at least one thing you can do is make sure that your email account is protected by two factor authentication and at least that way they won't be able to click the forget password and then get into your email account to actually authorize a reset of your password and then take over your Instagram account changing the email address associated to your account thereby locking you out of your Instagram account. So again, it all comes back down to the email address and making sure that that's secure. And by the way, you wanna make sure that your email provider is secure and if you are using AOL, I do not believe AOL supports two-factor authentication. So your AOL account is pretty much wide open. I'd recommend that you change your email provider. That's what I would do. And and I think Google is probably the best service to go with. Now, when you're setting up two-factor authentication, this all was being brought up in our mastermind uh, meeting. Uh, Michael was talking about this right before our family left for Europe. And I'm thinking... You know, I'm not going to have my SIM card in my phone and I know that I'm going to be traveling and I'm going to be using Wi-Fi at the places that we're staying. And I'm going to be managing email and my Google Docs and spreadsheets and and stuff like that. And and I've got good secure passwords. I've got all of this stuff. But no, I don't have two-factor authentication. And yes, I do believe it's important. uh, But I'd have to, you know, it's just such a hassle, right? And so I didn't take the advice right then and there because... I didn't know what I was gonna do if I got to the UK and and France and the Netherlands and and all of a sudden I wasn't able to get text messages that would allow me in. Well, here's the deal, Um, many of these services will provide you with some one-time use codes that can be used in the case of an emergency in the event that you do not have access to your text messages or whatever device it is that generates codes. Now. Some of these services will give you six codes, 10 codes, and these are one-time use only. And if you actually use them up, you can actually refresh it and they'll give you a new batch of codes and making all the original any unused ones completely void and they'll just refresh it for you. Now the thing is though, remember that document with your security questions, the answers your the fake answers to the security questions, on that same document you could actually keep a document with all of these backup codes if you will on there as well. And of course, you know, you might actually be typing it out and, and putting down what it is. Maybe you wanna kind of abbreviate and have some kind of cryptic listing of what service those codes are actually for so that it's not just clear. You might even wanna make sure that you, uh, on this document, you don't use the word backup or codes or authentication or passwords. Just make this document something that only you would know what it is. And my recommendation is that you might start this out in a digital form. But my recommendation is then once you have this document with all of these backup codes and and all of these answers to these security questions and stuff like that, I would recommend that you print it physically and then find ways, multiple ways to delete and destroy any trace digitally of that original file that you used to, to create that document. And then I would take that printed document and I would secure it in the most secure area that you have. Maybe it's a a safety deposit box or you know, a place where you would store birth certificates. This is a place where you're gonna store the deed to your house or your passports uh, when they're not in use. Wherever that stuff is, this is the kind of document that you're gonna be putting there, right? Uh, tip number six that I wanna share with you and that is consider the Google Authenticator app. This is available for iOS, Android users, Blackberry, If you have a smartphone that is any one of those flavors, you can download in the App Store the Google Authenticator app. And what this does is it allows you to generate access codes without the need of receiving a text message on your phone. In fact, it requires no internet access whatsoever. So for example, let's just say I was actually in Facebook and I, and I say, you know what, I want to set up two-factor authentication. And it immediately says, well, what's your phone number? And you, you put in your primary phone number there. And then you can say, well, you know what, instead I want to get codes from an app. And I click that, and then all of a sudden it shows me a little QR code. And then all I do is I take the Google Authenticator app, and it has the camera, and it takes a picture of that QR code. And instantly it says, oh, okay, here's your key. You know, this is your security key, random, you know, these six digits. And what it does is, I think it's like every 60 seconds, it gives you a new code. And it's not getting this from the internet. It's getting it from this really crazy cryptic algorithm that is all set up between time syncing and way beyond my comprehension, but it works. And you can actually set up many of these different services. I know that Dropbox and Evernote and many of these other services that offer two-factor authentication, not all of them, many of them will allow you to generate your codes using the Google Authenticator app instead of uh, relying on text messages. So if I would have known this, I could have actually set up two-factor authentication and I would have been able to, with no problem at all, I would have been able to access all of my accounts when I was in Europe with no problem at all because I had the Google Authenticator app. The only thing I wouldn't have been able to access is my PayPal account, and I could have called my pay, you know, PayPal, and I could have said, you know what, I'm, I'm in Europe, and this is who I am, and they would have asked me some security questions, and I would have given them some information, which by the way, in your PayPal settings, it's like, how do you want us to confirm your identity? And I think by default, it's your social security number. And I hate giving my social security number to people if it's not required. And so you can actually go in and set up something called a customer service PIN number. I recommend that you go in and set a customer service PIN number and you're giving them this random eight-digit code that means nothing to confirm that that's you over the telephone rather than your social security number. I mean, they don't need your social security number. Sure. They could get in and find it probably through your PayPal account since they work there. But there's no reason for us to be actually saying this out loud over the telephone uh, for anybody to to hear. So, yeah, th- there's that as well. And I'm sure that if I needed to, I could actually have them disable my two-factor authentication after convincing them that I am who I am, Right. And, of course, that's what these thats what these social engineering hackers are trying to do. They try to call these places and convince them that they are you. And that's why you want to make sure that the kind of information you're putting in is just not guessable. And if it doesn't legally have to be true, then don't put true answers to these security questions, all right? Now, my concern was, what if I lose this app? Or what if I get a new phone... And this app doesn't transfer over with all of those automatically generated codes. What happens? Well, then I would actually have to log into each of those accounts, tell it that I don't have my thing. And many of them actually have a backup. And the backup is actually sending you a text message. So it's like, listen, I don't have the. The, the app, I, I don't have Google Authenticator right now. I'm not, the app is not di- displaying codes. And it's like, okay, well, your backup is this cell phone number. I'm sending you a text message. What's the six-digit code from that? And if that doesn't work, then you can actually go, re- you know, go back and try to use some security questions and, and, and you have to go through a lot. But the thing is, is you're making this difficult for somebody to gain access to these accounts. And that is the primary goal. Now, there's a whole lot that could be said about securing your WordPress sites and your hosting and stuff like that. And unfortunately, not many of these places out there um, su- support two-factor authentication. But you want to do anything and everything you can to make sure that you're securing your websites and and stuff like that. That, that is a major target for so many hackers out there. One thing that you might want to consider is maybe... Maybe a Google Authenticator plugin for WordPress. Now, Google does not make a plugin for WordPress, but if you look, there are several plugins that are called Google Authenticator. Make sure that you look at the rating, see how many thousands of people are using that one, and, and see what is being said. And you know, tr- you might want to consider trying it out. And that way, it would require more than just your administrator, user account, and password to get into your WordPress. It would also re- require that y- you know you generate a code from your Google Authenticator app uh, to get into your WordPress site, at least the dashboard or the admin, if you will. That's something to consider, that's tip number seven. Tip number eight is make sure that your WordPress installation, your plugins, and your themes are all up to date. Every time you log in, just look for those uh, security updates or any kind of updates, and just make sure you keep everything updated. Tip number nine, there are some services, actually I've only found really I think Twitter and Facebook that you can actually turn on login notifications. And so basically if, if you have an account or service that offers login notification, go ahead and turn it on. What this does is every time somebody logs into your Facebook account from a new device or a new browser, it will send you a text message and or an email to notify you that your account has been accessed by this new device or this new browser. I know that this might sound like a little overwhelming. I know that when I first heard it, I'm like, oh gosh, that's just all so much work. And I, I'm i like, seriously, how big is the threat? And it's so inconvenient, I definitely don't have time to do all of this stuff before I go to Europe. and And of course, obviously getting caught up from being in Europe, I'm thinking, you know, is this really a priority? Maybe I should do it. And then I, you know, finally I got around to listening to those episodes from the Shailene show that I told you at the opening of the show. And I became convinced. She convinced me that, yeah, I, I need to do this. Michael Stelsner, you opened my eyes to, to the experience. Uh, Ray Edwards, you reinforced it. Shailene Johnson, your podcast pushed me over the edge. And now I will tell you that I do believe that we need to take our online security to the next level. Let me just go through this real quickly one more time. Tip number one, your email account is your number one priority. Do what you can today. If you don't do anything else, secure your email account with two-factor authentication today. Absolutely. Number two, don't use the same password more than once on any place on the internet. And I would recommend that every different account that you have that has a password, Use the craziest cryptic things that there's no way you'll ever remember it yourself. Tip number three I recommend that you use a secure password management system like LastPass or OnePassword, and those services will actually generate super insane, crazy passwords for you. It's a part of what it does. And then, of course, security questions again, don't answer those honestly come up with unique and crazy things for each individual service. Don't use the same crazy answers to the same questions on multiple services. Make it different and unique for everyone. Keep that in a secure document that you're gonna print and put away with your most valuable of records that is not accessible to anyone. Tip five is use two-factor authentication wherever possible. Number six, consider the Google Authenticator app, and that way you don't have to worry about if you don't have cell phone access. You you can't get a text message, especially if you're traveling in Europe and you don't have your SIM card. You're using a SIM card from over there. Tip number seven was consider a Google Authenticator plugin. I used the one, let's just say, that has the most number of users uh, and the highest rating of the, of the many that I saw, but uh, at least it gives me one more step. And there's even more that you can do with WordPress to, to secure that stuff up. I am not a security expert and I'm not a WordPress expert. I mean, many of you might consider me an expert because I know a whole lot more than the average person, but if, if you really want to take this even to a step further, I would encourage you to find somebody who is a WordPress guru and, and have them help you even find further steps you can take to secure your online website and, and hosting and stuff like that. Tip number eight, make sure that your WordPress installation and plugins are all up to date, including your themes. You don't wanna let a hacker get in through a security flaw. Uh, Activate login notification on all your accounts that allow it, that way if people are trying to log in, you can get notifications. Well, anyway, I realize I've probably given you a little bit of a burdensome thought of, man, I really should do that. I've been thinking about it, I've been for years, I know I should do something, but it's just such a hassle. And you know what, I'm just gonna, there is no sugarcoating it. It is a hassle to go through and set this up on your Dropbox and your Evernote and your LastPass and your Google account and your Facebook and your Twitter and and all of, and your PayPal and all of these other services. And then when you really get in and you set all of this stuff up, you know, you you got all these questions. It's like, oh my gosh, what happens if I lose this? What happens if I lose that? It's gonna take you a while to process all of this. And that's why I said if the, Only thing you do, first and foremost, is secure your email address with two-factor authentication. And if you're using an email provider that does not offer it, move away from what you have and move to something else. You know, that's the first thing to do. Do something today to take the online security of your email account to the next level. My podcasting A to Z course coming up Monday, August 10th. And I I want to share with you I know I I have played my promo a couple times I've talked to you about what's going on with my course But uh, I wanna play two audio testimonials, if you guys would just bear with me. I, I, I hope that you found value and some motivation to take your online security to the next level, that I've given you some valuable tips that first and foremost came from my friends. But hopefully that's been of value to you and that you'll listen to these two testimonials that I wanna share. The first one is from Hans Finsel and he was in my May 2013 session of Podcasting A to Z. So that's two years ago, right? Well, today he's on episode 63 of his podcast, and his most recent episode was just published on July 17th, and uh, here is what Hans had to say about podcasting A to Z.
2: Hi, Cliff. Hans Finzel here. My podcast is The Leadership Answer Man, and I can be found at leadershipanswerman.com. I want to thank you for an amazing A to Z course that we just finished. I was able to launch my podcast, Leadership Answer Man, in week three of our course, the wealth of videos and resources is worth the price of admission without everything else you give us. I just appreciate, Cliff, your thorough expertise that you have. I sense that there are a lot of pitfalls and mistakes and ways you can do it wrong, but you taught us how to set up everything correctly and how to make it work and to do things right. That's a huge value for me. As we went through the course, I just love the fact that you have a video or a podcast to answer every single question we threw at you. I learned from the best. Thank you for helping me launch my podcast and for helping me take my business to the next level.
0: Well, as you can tell, he actually recorded that testimonial right after he had taken the course. It's been sitting in a large uh, list of filing of of other testimonials that I've had and and finally I decided, you know what, I need to pull some of these out and play some of these on the show. And in fact, one of the the other ones that I pulled out was my great friend Daniel Hayes. Daniel and Vanessa created a podcast and uh, Daniel's got a, a little bit longer of a testimonial, but have a listen to what he has to say about his experience with podcasting A to Z.
1: I've been a podcast listener for years and I've always wanted to have my own podcast. As a bit of a tech guy, I figured that when I was ready... I'd launch a podcast of my own. Simple as that, right? Well, not really. After a few false starts and about seven hundred dollars worth of the wrong equipment, I decided to bite the bullet and take Cliff's Podcasting A to Z course. And I can tell you, it's one of the best personal and business decisions I've ever made. Not only does Podcasting A to Z give you all the information you need to start a podcast and the technical knowledge to do the job right, it also gives you unfettered access to Cliff. The premier podcast consultant, as well as access to a community of fellow podcasting A to Z students for incredible support. I know the price people pay for Cliff's one on one podcast consulting, and candidly, I felt like I had his undivided attention for the entire month, and every question I had was answered completely and in a way that was easy for me to understand and to execute. So let me give you a short synopsis of what I got out of the course. My goal of launching a podcast has not only been reached, but exceeded. My wife and I have a blast recording our podcast, Simple Life Together. Following Cliff's training and guidance, we launched our show with fantastic audio, a great format, and were featured in iTunes' new and notable listing in every single category we registered in. Personally, I can't believe how fast the downloads started, and they just keep increasing. I know there's no way this would have happened without applying the podcasting A to Z fundamentals. As a business development consultant for businesses in niche markets, I'm now able to lead future clients toward podcasting as a means to connect with their current customers and to reach new customers as well. One client was so excited that they hired me to help them start a podcast, knowing full well I was still going through the course myself. In the end, they were, and still are, thrilled that they've been able to carve out an entirely new market segment with their new podcast. For what they normally would have paid for a full-page ad in their trades magazine that ran once with questionable results, they now have documented leads, customers who are also now fans, and their podcast is listed in iTunes New and Notable as well. Essentially, the consulting fees I earned paid for Cliff's course many times over. Finally, I wanted to say this. If podcasting is a personal or professional goal for you, and you're on the fence about taking Cliff's course because of the price, know this. If your experience is anything like mine, you'll be thrilled in the end knowing that you only had to pay for the price of the course and not the value of the course, because the value is far, far more than the price. Best of luck and enjoy the course.
0: Wow. (laughs) Thank you so much, Daniel. I, I cannot believe I haven't played that previously. Actually, Daniel took the course back in fall of 2012 and just looking on their site over at Simple Life Together. Dot com And they're already on episode 76 and their most recent episode was just published yesterday as I'm recording this on July 25th. Anyway, my next session of podcasting A to Z starts on Monday, August 10th. And uh, you can find out all the details over there at podcasting A to I genuinely hope that I have the opportunity to help you launch your podcast and see you successfully make a difference in the lives of people who listen to your future show. Thank you guys for tuning in and I'll be back next week when I'll tell you a little bit more about a new jingle playing application for the iPad. Anyway, until then, I encourage you to take everything you do and your email security to the next level.
1: Podcast. It's a